When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Utabia, the Huddersfield Town podcast from the Examiner Live. I'm Stephen Chicken and I'm here with Jim Chisholm, the co-chair of the Huddersfield Town Supporters Association. And on, we've just we're recording this on Friday morning, just as the punchline has been delivered on the kit reveal. They've revealed the new Huddersfield Town home and away kits, which will not bear a sponsor this season after a few days of dragging it out with the, the Paddy Power kit, with the, with the sash that they played against Rochdale in on Wednesday. So that's obviously the big talking point at the moment, much as we might prefer that it wasn't. Uh, that is what everyone is talking about, Jim. So what's your take on, well, first on, on the kit itself, what's actually been unveiled? Yeah, I think the kit looks really nice. Um, it's great to have a shirt without a sponsor on the front. You know, I really enjoyed the last few days. It was just genius marketing. I'm, I'm joking, of course. Like, it was actually <laughs> incredibly tedious. Um, we've got a nice shirt out of it. Yeah. Um, if they'd want to launch a Save Our Shirt campaign and if, if Paddy Power, or the company, shall I call them, the company that's sponsoring us were, were so committed to uh, saving the fronts of football shirts, they would have just done this without the um, circus mm. around it. Um, so, yeah, wonderful, uh, brilliant. We've got a nice shirt. Paddy Power have got their fill. But I think it's it's quite cynical as well. From, from Paddy Power's point of view, they know they've got big brand awareness in that market. Um, not just themselves, but with the sub-brands. They know that some of their lesser-known rivals are plastered over the shirts of 60% of Championship and Premier League clubs. So, obviously, this is a, a strategy that would bear fruit for, for them. Um, I don't think they're doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's good, in a sense, from Town's perspective. Um, I think if Town are doing it from a, a principled stance, then we'll probably never have a, a sponsor on the front of our shirt ever again, which which is great, you know, from from my perspective. Um, Can't see that happening somehow. No, yeah, which would probably suggest that it is all a marketing stunt. But yeah, get a good shirt out of it. Um, and it's been a tedious few days. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of inclined to agree with you. Not on a, I don't think it's like und- well, it's a bit undignified. I don't think it's you know a moral outrage or anything like no, that the no. way that they've dragged out the last couple of days i think it's probably not our sense of humor but we are it's worth saying in the minority with that and absolutely that yeah we are in the minority and it's it's, it's personal preference yeah. I, I i found it just utterly utterly boring um and you know the, the fact that now we all have to turn around and and, and the word genius is thrown out uh, a lot um, and this was certainly not not genius but it's personal preference town fans seem to have I've liked it, so you know I'm sure they'll go and buy the shirt, but certainly not to my taste. Yeah, you, I mean, you, there's no doubt that it's effective marketing on on Paddy Power's part. Whether that 
reflect well on town is another matter but again we've got a poll up on the website at the moment i'm just looking at it as we're recording and 82 percent of the fans that responded think it was just a bit of fun and that it was you know a worthwhile stunt to get the kit that they've got uh 17 think it agree with us and think it was a bit a bit tedious and one percent still don't like the kit uh, <laughs> so i mean there's always going to be a i mean it is it is a nice kit and, and from a design perspective you know don't kits look so much better with that sponsor on the front of them i wonder how many more shirts clubs would sell if they didn't have that sponsor on the front of them and, and what shortfall that could potentially make up yeah particularly in the premier league where the tv revenues are so massive i mean i know that anyway we're getting into another another topic the boring topic which has been done to death i was um what really annoyed me about this whole stunt or was yesterday the trailer for top gun 2 dropped <laughs> and there was so much nonsense about the shirt on my timeline that i missed it and i've only just seen it 10 minutes ago that's a disgrace yeah so i'm, I'm that was the reveal that i was really looking forward to you know maverick on an aircraft carrier flying off into the distance while kenny logdins plays in the background but instead i just got people moaning about a shirt on twitter as you say I think calling it genius marketing, it's it's very, very effective marketing. Whether it's, it's genius, again, is, is open to interpretation. I'm sure that anyone that's interested in the financial side of things and is interested in, in advertising would say it's genius. I think it can be genius without being necessarily clever. But I think the people who work at the Large Hadron Collider are geniuses. <laughs> I don't think the people who work at the marketing departments of, of gambling companies are. But yeah. Do you think that there's any chance of CERN then? The, Certain uh, the sponsoring guy, yeah, town. The guys I mean, behind the Large Hadron Collider. I think that we should donate our next sponsor to CERN <laughs> because the work they're doing to reveal the wonderful nature of, of quantum and particle physics is uh, far more interesting than anything that some of these companies have to say. But that's is, just me. Is that part of the club's ethos that they're going to have? Uh, they're going to be interested in investing in physics? Yeah, well, I mean, I would... Um, if. I'd have known it'd have gone this way, uh, and let's face it, I didn't know that the conversation would take this turn. I'd have probably come up with a decent particle <laughs> physics pump, but maybe come back to me. Maybe we can record it and bang it in later. Yeah, well, from one form of spin to another, <laughs> I don't know, like, we're, we're getting into Deep Space Nine podcast yeah, again now actually, because. Uh, me and Stephen actually went to a. <laughs> Deep Space Nine. I mean, people are just turning off at this. Yeah, point. yeah, yeah. Just, the listenership's uh, I might, dropping I might off. Have to cut this we, we had a, a Deep Space Nine um, documentary that we both bumped into each other in um, in Burstall Junction 27. So. Yeah. Nerdcast. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of, obviously, we all saw this coming from the moment they announced that, the, the abomination, as I'm trying to make catch on. Uh, it's been fantastic for Towns social media it's done really good i'll be honest for the examiner the numbers on the website have been insane over the last few days we another reason we kind of saw it coming was because when phil hodgkinson was asked at that q a on monday that he did um about the relationship with paddy power his response that was that they have a similar sense of humor to the club uh, okay that's a shame <laughs> <laughs> we we now have a uh an understanding of, of what that was. Were you at the Q&A on Monday? I, I didn't, but I, I watched it on, on the live stream. So what did you make of, of the Q&A as a whole? And yeah, I thought, I thought it was really interesting. He seemed to be quite uh, candid. He's very confident. Yeah. Um, 
certainly he's had experience uh, Southport before, so it's obviously it's a different level. Yeah. But he, he knows how to to run a football club. He knows how to speak to and, and with fans. Um, so yeah, I don't think we learned anything that we didn't know already. Mm. But um, certainly a, a worthwhile exercise um, and a level of transparency that perhaps you don't see at other clubs. Was there anything that particularly stood out to you from, from what Hodgkinson said throughout the evening? We, we did recap it in the live blog on Examiner Live. If you've not, if you weren't able to follow that on Monday, he put in Examiner Live, Phil Hodgkinson Q&A, it will come up and, and Mel Booth did a, a full transcript of, of uh, as a live blog as, the, as it went on. But was there anything that stood out to you from what Hodgkinson said? I think there was a, an emphasis on this, this togetherness. Mm. The idea that, that last season, or perhaps since Tottenham, I think he mentioned, um, mm. which is a, a popular turning point in the minds of a lot of town fans uh, when we lost 4 0 at home in the first season in the Premier League. Um, he seemed to have suggested that we'd, we'd lost that togetherness. There may have been some, some people in the dressing room that, that weren't on board with what Siva or perhaps Wagner wanted to do. So, you know, the idea is to, to get that back. Um, and yeah, I mean, it seems to be working at least from the outside in. It seems like everybody's pulling in one direction, so that can only be a positive thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you find out some interesting things from these Q and A's, but then again, you also don't really leave knowing much more than you knew when you went in, do you? Yeah. Um, which is no no criticism, they're, they're a good thing, but... Yeah, I, I think it's a good thing for the fans as well, because we're both, you know, we both have a little bit of an inside track on, on what's going on at the club. And, I don't. And I, if you do, <laughs> you should be telling me. Okay, we'll have a word after this. <laughs> but, um, I think, well, we're, we're more a little bit more plugged in, I think. I would I think it's fair to say, because we both, obviously, you know, it's my job and, and you with HCSA... But I think for a lot of fans, they aren't necessarily looking at every single article that we put out. Uh, I mean, again, our numbers tell us that they're not. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think it is nice for the fans to, to get a chance to do that. They've also got the, the open training session that's going to be going on uh, on Friday. Uh, afternoon so by the time this is out that will have been and gone but that'll be at, at canal side and we'll have full coverage of that on the website uh, as well if you are listening to this on saturday morning uh you can go on the website and see all of our reaction from that open training session i did get to a couple of training sessions myself in, out in austria that the club also threw open to the fans and and yeah i mean just having been around the squad in austria as I talked about on last week's podcast, it's pretty clear that they've got a group there that are all getting on with each other and that are pulling in the same direction. I think, as you say, there were a few players, I think Hodgkinson said there were seven town players who they they felt were not pulling in, in that direction, a couple of whom still remain at the club. I mean, we, we you can speculate about who those seven might be. So you can speculate because you don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I would say you could do an article, seven yeah. seven troublemakers of Huddersfield Town. Number four will astound you. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Zanka, Billin. Um, I, I, I don't like Sabiri, I yeah. imagine. Um, uh, to be honest, I don't really. I don't really care. L- last season uh, seems like a, a bad kind of nightmare. We should, yeah. we should get on with it and move forward. If if Billing and Zanka aren't going to play, they're, they're not going to play. So there's no point spending too much time on them. Yeah. Um, I think the important thing is that we've brought new players in, and that the players who 
are currently in the squad want to be there. Mm. I probably think some of them don't. I get the impression that Aaron Moy is probably wanting to move and, and fair play to him. He should probably be playing at a bottom half Premier League club. Mm. So, you know, no problem with that. He has been involved in Austria, though. That, that, as, as you say, that there are a few players, I think it was kind of, it kind of fell in town's favour that, that Billing and uh, Zanka had been on international duty and, and so weren't available for selection for that Austrian camp. Uh, Isaac and Benjamin also missed it because he'd been with uh, with the Belgium under-21s. Obviously, there's no suggestion that Mbenza is, is in the same same group as them. Uh, and they also left Ben Hamer out of the squad. So it, it showed that, that Sievert was willing to leave players behind who he didn't think were going to be involved in the coming season. Hodgkinson also said on Monday that they're looking at, at securing a, a loan away for, uh, for Hamer uh, yeah. for at least six months, if not the season. Um, so that he can get some first team football. It, the impression I get, and this isn't an informed view, but was that. And I just like to point out nothing I say is an informed view. <laughs> was, that, was that Ben Hamer's appearances towards the end of last season were a bit of an audition for him for the championship. And I think it's fair to say he wasn't. He was, yeah. he, he was, he was a bit rusty, I would say. That one of the goals against uh, Leicester in particular. He, he really should have kept Two out. Two of the goals, maybe. Yeah. I mean, shall we, shall we build from the back Brian Clough style and look at the squad? Mm. Or do you want to maybe I mean, touch on some other stuff? Yeah, we can do, because, I mean... I can't get the internet up here. <laughs> I, I, I examine the towers. Yeah, yeah. The coverage is appalling. Well, it's sitting in our lofty ivory tower, high above Huddersfield. Yeah, it's um, difficult, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, it's hard to get a reception. It's one of the, the main drawbacks of everybody, sitting in an ivory Everybody tower. has a cross to bear. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> So goal, goalkeepers, what what do you think? So they've obviously brought in um, Camille Grabara from uh, Liverpool. Uh, we knew that they were looking for a goalkeeper on loan in a similar mould to Danny Ward, who they had on loan, also from Liverpool in the promotion season. And the, the club, to be fair, were pretty upfront with us about the fact that that was the kind of player they were looking for. And is he... Do you think he is expected to be a starter? I think so. Yeah, I get that impression. He didn't play against Rochdale. Uh, I understand that he, he's not quite match fit yet. Um, he, he probably, I wouldn't be surprised to see him start the next two friendlies against Doncaster and Montpellier. I imagine that he will be starting ahead of Joel Coleman, Ryan Schofield, who both got time and have both had time on the pitch in pre-season. I think it's a bit of a shame for Joel Coleman um, if Grabara is going to be the starter as, as I assume he will be. Grabara is on the shortlist for the young player, world player of the year for mm. Tuto Sport. I say a shortlist, it's 80 players. It's more of a long list, really. And he, what, he played in the, the Danish Super League. Sorry. Yeah, Aarhus. Aarhus. In the middle Arhus. of our street. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking, I mean, one of the things that's interesting is you get any new signing in and it's exciting. Mm. It always is. Particularly the season that we had last season. But people are quick to judge having either seen a highlights reel mm. or, or nothing at all. So I think Hadionai will be pretty good in the championship. Mm. A lot of fans seem to dismiss him. Um, yeah. And then Herbert Bockhorn comes in, admittedly with a fantastic name, but people are making judgments on the basis of absolutely nothing. I mean, I've not seen a highlights reel. Um, I've, I've, I've never, this is a confession, and this may surprise people, I've never watched a German fourth division game. What? Yeah. Um, so, just with Grabara, on paper he sounds fantastic. Um, but I'm always interested to see how these 
Yeah, I judgments mean, are formed, and particularly with goalkeepers, even with a highlight reel, you, it's really hard to tell. Yeah, well, they're just putting off amazing saves, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you could do a highlight reel of me doing that, yeah, it'd take you about three years <laughs> to record it. But. Yeah, I think the proof will be in the pudding with the goalkeeper. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Ryan Schofield get another loan. He spent uh, mm. the second half of last season out on loan at Notts County, um, where he got mixed reviews, but Notts County obviously had a nightmare season. They, they were kind of yeah. the Huddersfield town of League Two last year. I mean, Col- Coleman is a good keeper, in my opinion. Yeah. He's, he's rough around the edges like every, every goalkeeper at that age is. Um, but I think when we were in the Championship, you know, he had a, a few decent games. Mm. He's, he's played at Oldham, I think, you know, a young age before he came to us, I think he played about 35 to 40 games. Obviously, he's had a loan. So, I think goalkeeping-wise, um, we've we've got a lot of potential, but I think we'll be okay on yeah. that front. You mentioned the right-backs. I agree, Haddish and I, I think, could do it in the, in the Championship. Um, I think looking at that squad, he's my starter. Yeah, and Popcorn, I agree. We, we also found it difficult to get too much... Uh, information about Botcorn. Mm. Uh, he has been in the second team at Dortmund. The information we got from someone we spoke to in Germany was that he was on the verge of a couple of first team breakthroughs a couple of times because mm. of injuries in the, the Dortmund main squad. But then he himself, unfortunately, like got a, a badly timed injury at the same time that meant that he didn't get to take that step up. But obviously, Sievert must see something in it because exactly. he's worked with him before and he's the one player that he's brought with him. He's an acolyte. In the, on the training ground, as much as anything else, I think he's someone that's gonna that Sievert will, as you say, that Sievert will know and that he knows will follow mm. the the training that the training regimen that he's gonna put him through, and can hopefully encourage some of the other players to, you know, get a bit involved and and he can, I mean, in a similar way that Wagner had a load of acolytes like that in his side, he had you know the likes of of Heffler in there who, and Schindler and Lerver who had come from that German school, and sort of set the example and yeah. I, I expect that, that Siva is, is looking to Bockhorn to do that I think he will play but I agree I think Haddish and I yeah. looks the more likely I mean, starter I think the, the back four looks decent yeah. I think if, if, if Congo stays and I think still think it is an if yeah. um, him as a left back Hadionai Hadionai Hadionaj um, whatever he wants to be called uh, at right back um, I think you know Schindler and, and Elphick There'll be a decent sort of championship pairing, but there's not much pace between them. No, but they do. If they've got a fast opposition, one person who's been outstanding in pre-season has been Romani Edmonds Green, who is mm. reportedly one of the fastest players at the club, which is unusual for a centre back. We saw it in a couple of the games, particularly in Austria, where he was able to to come out of the back four and make sort of sliding tackles on halfway, and then get back to his position because he's he's got the speed of thought and a speed on the ground that allows him to sort of take those risks that other players can't. Elphick and Schindler are obviously both massive leaders as well. From what Hodgkinson said, Schindler is not the most vocal captain, Mm -hmm. but he leads by example. But Elphick is more of a... Yeah, he's... I mean, I looked back at what other managers have said about Elphick and um, Eddie Howe was absolutely glowing of him from his time at Bournemouth. That's the best captain he's ever had at Bournemouth. Gus Poyet, who he was his manager at Brighton, was like, there was a time where he was out of the team because like he got injured and the players that replaced him were doing so well he couldn't dis- disrupt the lineup and he Elphick was asking to play in reserves games that weren't right mm. for him just because he was determined to play and boy it seems was, like a 
absolutely glowing. Like old school player, doesn't he? Like yeah. a, a Scott Parker type. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's been captain everywhere. He's been. He looks really promising. And of course, John Stankovic is is the backup there. Backup left back. You're looking at Jaden Brown mm. as well, who who signed from Spurs last season and and hasn't played competitive first team football as far as I'm aware. But uh, he, again, he's he's looked he's not looked out of place in pre-season so far when he has played at left back and, and I suspect he's going to be the, the backup option. I think left back is particularly if Congolo were to go is probably a position where they I expect that they're look they're looking at options Can, yeah. still. Um, whether they I suspect that whether they make a sign or not would depend on Congolo's status, but I'm I'm sure that they'll be looking at other left backs options because Derm and Lerva have both gone this summer. I mean, my, my understanding from Phil Hodgkinson's Q&A was that we're aiming for a starter, cover and development. Yeah. And I think it's fair to say that at the moment there is a blurred line between cover and development. Mm-hmm. Certainly at left back that's that's the case. Yeah. Um, but I think that the, the back four looks like a decent champion, or the back five shall we say, the back five looks like a, a decent championship back five. I think midfield wise, yeah. if we're going for a three, I think having... Uh, well, obviously Stankovic can play in front of the back four if needed. Um, Moy, Hogg and Bakuna, that's quite a battling midfield. Yeah. Um, I, I would probably play Bakuna more advanced. Yeah. Because he's dynamic, he can go box to box. Um, he he, has, he did play as a six in Austria. He's got a bit of a, um, a back niggle at the moment that's kept him out the last couple of games. But he did play as a six in Austria, but I think that was because he was playing alongside Reese Brown and Matty Daly mm. because he was rotating the midfield throughout the, the games. And uh, yeah, I agree. I think Pakuna showed towards the end of last season that he's he's really talented. And, that, and I've got, a, well, not a sneaking suspicion, I've published it on the website before. I think he could be one of the best midfielders in the championship. Yeah, next I year, agree. Based he's, on what he showed. He's fantastic. Presumably Pritchard would play in that three. Well, no, that's the thing. As a winger? He's, yeah, Pritchard. So, Sievert played Pritchard on the left wing against Manu in Southampton, and he was really good against Manu, particularly off the ball, because um, he, he, he hassles players. And against Rochdale on Wednesday night, he was really good again, both on and off the ball. I, I think Sievert is dead set on converting him into a left winger. Where After the Manu game, Sievert was, I must say, he was pretty pleased with himself for having put Pritchard there given how, how well he played and I think that's going to be his position going into this season because he's he's more of an out-and-out number 10 I know mm. that you know Aaron Moy is also an option there Reese Brown they've got those out-and-out number 10s and Pritchard would probably be behind Moy in that pecking order but they're not playing a number 10 anyway yeah so so yeah he, he looks I, it looks like they're converting him to a left winger but in terms of going forward at my front three I think I'd have Grant up front. I mean, Mooney. Would you? That's a, that's a bold chat, Carl and Grant up front. No, no, in fact, you know what I'm going to say? I'm, no, I'm going to have Mooney up front. Just to be different and feeling like that today. <laughs> Mo- do you think Mooney will stay or move? Or? Uh, I've not heard anything to suggest that, that he's leaving. And again, he was one who was absent from the Austria camp, which has kind of robbed us of the chance to see whether he would have played. He's, he's obviously been at the Africa Cup of Nations with Benin, um, and he's still sort of doing his initial parts of pre-season, so he, he wasn't in the squad against Rochdale. I think we'll find out a bit more about Mounier's standing once we get into the Donny and Mon- Mon- Montpellier games. And Can I just defend him? Because I know he's, yeah. he's, he's somebody who splits opinion 
not even down the middle. Maybe he splits sort of 70-30 on the more negative side. Yeah. I think he had a thankless task uh, last season and for parts of our first season in the Premier League. Um, I think he holds up the ball really well. I think the problem last season was that he was winning the first ball, but there was such a gap between our midfield and front three, or at times front one, that we, we just had no chance of winning second balls. Um, and I think he just started to play within himself. Mm. He wasn't making the runs that he played. You know, him and Pritchard, particularly in the second half of the first season, they were really dynamic. Um, they seemed to have a connection. Munier would run off the shoulder of the last the last defender quite a lot. He'd find space. And I think he just kind of, you know, like as, as any position, goalkeeper and striker are confidence positions. Yeah. And I think he just lost a bit of confidence. But I think he's a good player. And I think at the championship level, he, he would be a fantastic asset. I, I agree. Like, he's a good option, I think. I don't think he's going to start too many games unless something happens to Carlin Grant, God forbid. But yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, he, he gets a lot of stick and it was clear that he was particularly against Liverpool in the 5-0 towards the end of last season. There were a couple of times where he had chances to run at the Liverpool defence, which is no mean feat. Mm. Best defence in, in Europe, if not the world at the moment. But he just, he just, he just looked completely shot of confidence yeah. where the step down as with to be honest quite a lot of the players could do him really well um we you know we talked about Hadad and I who was like pretty so-so last season I think when we asked the, the fans to rate all the players they gave Hadad and I like a five out of ten yeah. kind of thing but at championship level it's a different thing altogether um so I think he could come good still Mounier um Josh Caroma is another player who's come in uh, as a new signing. He has played in pre-season both at centre-forward and on the wing. So he played centre-forward in Austria, but he played on the wing against Rochdale. He's another promising player, similar to to Reese Brown, in that he has come up from a lower division and is kind of unproven at championship level. Well, I think that's another thing with the point with Munier. I mean, when Caroma came in, again, from watching highlights reels and talking to Orient fans he does seem like a great prospect he seems pacey he seems to have like a cockiness about him yeah definitely which is, is a good thing definitely certainly to, to fit into our squad and give us a bit of swagger but you know he, his record in the National League is very similar to Munier's in the first season in the Premier League. Yeah. But people are far more willing to say Josh Caroma is the saviour, he's better than Munier, mm. based on the same records, at a similar age, four divisions apart. Yeah. I, I just I just find it interesting how, how things are judged. Yeah. When you can always I don't know, you can always transplant or impose your hopes yeah. on somebody you've never seen. Whereas you tend to transplant your or impose your worst fears on people you have already seen and who have proven themselves at some level. Familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah, it? absolutely. I mean, yeah, Munier. I mean, playing in the French top division, he got fourteen goals in thirty-seven games, which is a decent yeah, record. Yeah. And, and what seven seven goals in the Premier League in his first division? Yeah. In his first season, sorry. So yeah, I mean, what about wingers? Do you think so many wingers? I think I counted up the other day, and they've got. I think they've got seven. Um, they've got Adama Diakabi, uh, Elias Kachunga, Josh Garoma, Isaac Mbenza, Alex Pritchard, if we're counting him as a winger, which I think we should now, Colin Quanner, although it looks like he's going to be centre-forward rather than a winger this mm. season. Uh, I forgot about Colin. <laughs> yeah, and, and Rajiv Van Lepara. 
so that's he's got seven wing options. Yeah, you, you have to think that that. I mean, obviously, again, a couple of them can play centre forward, but if there's anywhere that they're going to trim the fat, you would think it would be on the wings because they're not all going to be able to play. You've only got two wingers. I mean, who would, who do you think are the starters? I suspect it's Pritchard on the left and one of Diacabi or Mbenza. I, uh, I suspect Mbenza. I'll be I'll be mildly controversial and, and say that I think Van Lepara would be my starter. I think he's proved himself at that level before. Yeah. I think um, he's a, he's an outlet, not in a traditional hoof the ball to a target man outlet, but he can shift play up the pitch mm. rapidly in a way that I haven't seen many of, of our other players do and he can do it consistently. Um, if I've said it many times, if he could cross a ball or shoot, he would be playing a, a, a much higher level of football. But he can't, so that's why he's at Huddersfield <laughs> Town. But that's fine because I think he is a massive asset. Now, um, obviously, Pritchard as a winger is, is, is an interesting concept. I haven't seen him play there often. I just don't feel like in the championship he's got... This is a, such a banal point to make, isn't it? That he doesn't have the physicality, maybe, on the wing. You say that, but like he, as I say, like he does, he does hassle players. He does win the ball high up the field, and that Siva has been quite open about the fact that he's he's looking at bringing back the counter pressing high up the field. And I mean, two that was of, at Rochdale. That was yeah. Two wasn't. of the goals against Dale. Kept, the last two goals both came from Town winning the ball from Rochdale in in their own third, and then just either Hoggy Hoggy of all people so, running through and scoring or. Uh, the second one, it was Kachunga won the ball, and then mm. like short pass to Hoggy, and then he played it in for Kachunga again. Is another one that yeah. that's proved himself at this level, and I think he's he's quite athletic. Yeah. He's a hard worker. He provides cover for the wing back, and he's a good character in the dressing room. Like he's been, I think he's like he's the third or fourth choice captain at the club. I think. Yeah, really. He, uh, he, yeah, when they played like the second string against the second string of players against um, Greater Furt. Uh, it was Kachunga that, that took the armband. Um, so he's a very handsome man. He is On a very Instagram, good there's always people just he's always, there's always just pictures of him that's been taken by what I assume is perhaps a long-suffering girlfriend. And I, I would like to see a, or boyfriend or whomever, but I would like to see a picture of them. We've together. we've got quite a handsome squad actually. Mm. With Christopher Schindler and Elias Kachunga and uh, yeah, I Jonathan mean, Hogg, you can like a bit rough. Yeah, exactly. He's ripped. He's yeah, absolutely yeah, he's, ripped, yeah, Jonathan yeah, Hogg. So, um, and and my wife's quite partial to a bit of Jan Sievert as well. Yeah, so. yeah, he's he's actually you say that, but um, he's very popular amongst amongst the ladies. Yeah, particularly at the awards night when he was in his tux. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in midfield, we kind of skipped over. Uh, <laughs> Just moving swiftly. <laughs> we kind of skipped over a few options in midfield as well. Moses McCarthy uh, had been on trial, but he, I believe, is is not. Uh, with with the club at the moment, um, and whether there's a signing coming, I'm not sure. But uh, I believe he's no longer training with the club. Uh, he's been on trial from West Ham, played a couple of games in Austria. You've also got um, Reese Brown, the new signing, who it looks like it's going to be. You would assume it's going to be him or Moy in the, playing in games. I can't see him and, and Moy both playing at the same time. But Lewis O'Brien is another one who. He was another outstanding performer in Austria. He's just been given a new three-year contract. Yeah, it seems to be very highly rated. Not just here, but at Bradford, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, all the reports from Bradford last season were were mm. 
like glowing even there's though a, they had a terrible season themselves there's a really interesting article um, in it. I hate to direct someone to another newspaper in, <gasps> what? in the Guardian there are other newspapers I, I know I, and I know Whoa. top national broadsheets like the Guardian <laughs> are the examiner's main rivals so I don't want to be too uh, cheeky about this but there is a fantastic article based on interviews with Lewis O'Brien from, from January in the Guardian mm. if you just you know, search Louis O'Brien Guardian. I may have nicked a few of those quotes myself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the plagiarism is rife in this I know, world. I know. Uh, and, and Matty Daly as well, the 18-year-old, mm. I think the, the youngest player of the, the town senior yeah. squad, got his debut in the Premier League last season and he's clearly one that the club have high hopes So for. where do you think we need to add, if anywhere? I think I agree with Hodgkinson that it's kind of a, a one-in, one-out mm. situation now. Um, and I think they've built the squad assuming that Zanka and Billing are not going to play, because Hodgkinson said as much that they're not going to play. Whether they can get moves elsewhere, particularly Billing after what was reported in the Danish press, I just can't imagine any club looking at Philip Billing and going, well, he's got the right attitude for us. Mm. It does kind of feel like he's shot himself in the foot. But and, he, and he will never play for town if he stays. Or that was the there's rumours that he's had a falling out with Sievert, which... I think it's clear from strong the fact rumors. <laughs> strong rumours which I think everyone knows I mean he didn't play the last seven or eight games mm. uh, under Sievert in the Premier League last year player of the year though I know young bit, player of the year it was a bit embarrassing that wasn't it yeah. I don't know when they did the vote but yeah that, that wasn't a great look when he got given those awards right in the middle of not being I in the I think there was perhaps a little mischievous uh, yeah voting a bit of um, of a cooler a bit of pants Paddy Power have been in. It's everywhere, isn't it? This banter thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, in terms of strengthening, yeah, we've talked a bit about, I think they need probably another another left-back. If Congo goes, then that becomes quite an urgent position, I think. Mm. Centre-backs, I think they look good. Right-back, they've got two decent options, and there's D'Amico Dehaney playing in the academy as well. Central midfield, I think they're well covered. They, They maybe need another proper number six because yeah. Bakuna can play there and obviously that's that's Oggy's position but they're they're going to be playing the three and I always compare town to Liverpool not because I think that they're anything like that in terms of quality but because their style of play is very similar although Siva obviously never worked with Klopp they have similar philosophies and they play that 4-3-3 and Liverpool last season when they were playing a similar number of games to what town will play next season Klopp would keep the same back four and yeah. the same front three pretty much most games, but his midfield three always rotated. And so I think they might need another number six to, to go in for Hogg because I'm not sure Matty Daly is ready to be getting yeah. 90 minutes every other and game. It seems like we're going to like sort of maybe move on to style. It seems like we are going to play a very full-throttle, aggressive in your first yeah. game, perhaps reminiscent of Wagner's first couple of years. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's going to be an exhausting season because it's, it's yeah, 46 exactly. games plus obviously we've got to lose to Lincoln <laughs> maybe in one of the Cups. Probably lose to Charlton in one of the other Cups as yeah. well. So we've got them two extra games and then that's it, thankfully, for them. We probably will need squad rotation. A lot on the wings, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think Grant will play pretty much every yeah. game that he's fit and available for. Good. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe one more central midfielder to come in. Um, and and I would looking at that squad, I would maybe prioritize a, a six to, I mean, u- to use the the I, 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 it's the Germans that are responsible for calling it a six rather oh, than a four. By yeah. the way, 
I, I posted on Twitter the other day that I thought it might be South Americans, but it's actually you. You, you thought it was a you know a classic hipster South American. Yeah, exactly. They call so, it a five, which is even worse. Do, yeah. That, yeah, I'm surprised they don't have a, a very obscure word for it. That when you're looking at oh, what definitely. role to put for your your, your d- defensive midfielder on uh, football manager, they definitely and, do. Yeah, of course they do. Um, yeah, I think in terms of style, it's going to. My only maybe worry is that perhaps. If we play a high line, I assume we'll play quite a high line. Mm. Um, although not 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 in in the way we did with with Wagner, I think there is more of an emphasis under Siva of quick transitions. Yeah. Um, so it's not going to be a high line where we're keeping possession, we're edging up the pitch, and then there's always these opportunities to get done on a counter really quickly. But I think my worries would be with with the two centre backs. If we do get done and we play a high line. It's going, we're going to struggle to recover in transitions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're going to be working on transition. They've, they've done. Siva has said they basically spent the first three weeks of preseason just doing defensive work and doing the. That's boring. We should just just do attacking. <laughs> well, that's what they're going to be doing over the next goals. few weeks. They're, yeah. Well, this is what I was going to say that they I think we are going to see a lot more goals because, I mean, you can't you can't slag off Wagner for what he for the club and getting them promoted or anything like that but it is fair to say that town were not a team that were full of goals when Wagner were there no it weren't and look I, th- I think there has been some you know hindsight is a fine thing and there's been some criticism of Wagner but I, I think it showed even when Sievert came in and alright there were personnel issues we did not have the squad to play no. a, a high pressing game where we leave space because in the Premier League um, space is the commodity and fast, talented teams kill you. Mm. I, I, I am of the opinion that we had to play like we played under Wagner and in certain circumstances under Siever. Because when we did go for it under Siever, most of the time we got battered. Yeah. Well, we got battered either way, though. Yeah, exactly. He, he, yeah. he played five at the back once against consistency Spurs, and that was the worst key performance. key in football, and we have had consistency. So, <laughs> it's to be applauded, absolutely. But I, th- I think Siva, I mean, he said after the Liverpool game, and it was a weird thing to say, and I think probably didn't go down very well with some people, but having lost 5-0, but he was saying, I want my team to go for it, and I want us to be an exciting attacking team. Um, so I, th- I think there He's will be an opportunity be. to do that in the Championship. Yeah, exactly. It didn't work in the Premier League, and it wouldn't have worked. That that, that Liverpool game, like I was, uh, I didn't know it was one 0 I I'd been late. <laughs> we were in the queue because it was fifteen in. seconds, wasn't it? Yeah, and because Anfield's so quiet. Um, yeah, famously. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really hear the the celebration, so I went in, and about five minutes later, I looked at the thing. I was like, when did when did Liverpool score? Um, but hopefully, we don't have many more of those. Um, instances this season what are you expecting from town for next season I think it would be good to push for the playoffs mm. I do you know this is a this is a cop out but it's also the, the truthful thing to say I don't know enough about how those players both old and new will adapt to a new style and a different league to be confident enough to know where we're going to finish. I think we'll finish somewhere between 6th and 15th. Yeah. And I honestly just, I don't know. Yeah, I would kind of agree with that. But I think that's, Town aren't unique in that. That's pretty much every championship club. Like, apart from maybe three at the bottom and one or two who who will have aspirations of going up, like them lot up the road, um, everyone's just like... 
don't know. Yeah. It's it's it, and it's like that every year. It's just how the championship is, isn't it? Yeah, and again, you, you know, and that's the beauty of the championship. It's one of the best <laughs> leagues in the world. It's so complicated, you know, all, all that stuff. Fourth, so. fourth biggest league in Europe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Blah blah blah. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Is there anything else that we need to cover today, Jim? I don't know. Um, <laughs> So we start Monday night against Derby. I think that's a really tough start. Yeah, I, I keep going on about it, but the, the first four games I think are about as hard as they yeah. could have got. I think, I mean, Derby have obviously they've changed manager and they've lost a few of their key players from last season that they had on loan, like some Mason Mount and, and Harry Wilson won't be there. Um, so I, I think Derby are not going to be quite the team that they were last season. But nonetheless, to play last season's playoff runners up is going to be difficult. QPR away is the one that you're less worried about, but obviously it's still an away game. Mm. And then it's Fulham and Cardiff who've come down. Very difficult. I, th- I think, f- for me, you know, we just mentioned that it's a difficult lead to predict. I, I think Cardiff will go back up. Yeah. I think that squad is built to get promoted from the Championship. And it's got a manager that has just, that's his job. And that's what he does. Mr. Promotion, isn't it? Mr. Yeah, exactly. Should work for Paddy Power. Um, yeah, <laughs> love it. Um, we should bleep out that word. <laughs> try, try and, if you've got time, I know you're a busy man, but we should bleep it I out. I had to bleep Jan last did week. Well, yeah. he, oh, he swore, didn't he? He did, yeah. yeah. Said the players are, are effing tired. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's a kind of thing that you have. Uh, I, I, I work in Germany a lot, and um, I don't know whether it's a, a translation issue, but they do just swearing is just a part of, of the culture, particularly when they speak in English. So. <laughs> Watch too many Hollywood films. That's why. That's how they learn it. Magic. Okay, I think that's about us for today then. Thanks for uh, joining me today, Jim. Thank you. Yeah, and you can obviously get all the updates on examinerlive.co.uk throughout the week. Uh, we're on Twitter at examinerhdafc and we're also on Facebook. If you put in Huddersfield Town Examiner Live, Examiner Live, all one word, we'll, we'll come up on there as well. Or it's facebook.com slash examinertownnews because we've got massive brand consistency. Branding is important, I've learned, this yeah. past few days. We should, uh, I might get a sash made up with facebook.com slash examiner. Can we not say the word sash? Uh, yeah, I know. Do you know what? Again. I wrote a piece for Football 365 last year saying how much, how much I love sashes on kits, and now I want that burnt to the ground. Actually, I love a good taste, like like Peru, didn't they? They, they always have a sash, don't they? Yeah, Palace on their away kit as well. River Plate, I think, they yeah. always have a good one, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Sarah at 365 is a town fan, so she'd, she'd be all on board with me getting that redacted, I think. Right, okay, do it. <laughs> do it. Anyway, lovely. So thank you for joining us, and until next time, goodbye.